Welcome to the Advancing Women Podcast, where ambitious women come together to challenge the status quo, advance their careers, and up-level their lives. The Advancing Women Podcast is hosted by gender equity expert and executive coach, Dr. Kimberly D. Simone. Welcome, warriors, to the Advancing Women Podcast. I was talking with a close friend the other day. She's an artist, an illustrator, working on a project, and I asked her how it was going. And she was like, every time I get into the groove, I feel like I get interrupted. Then it's really almost impossible to get back into that groove. And this really hit home for me. Like most of us, I have struggled since COVID with all the shifts, with kids being home for long windows of time, and then the summer came. Now, I have the privilege and flexibility to be able to work from home most days, but when that happens, it's really hard to be productive. I'm like, oh, maybe I should just throw a quick little laundry in. Should I put something out to do frost for dinner since I'm home? Is someone at the door? Oh, look, the Amazon truck just delivered a package. The kids are feeling a little snacky, and on and on it goes. And if I do manage to keep my mind focused, turn off the sound on my email and phone so I'm not distracted by every text or email, still I'm inundated with one interruption after the other. And then I ran across an article written by Jill Thomas titled, How Interruptions Kill Creativity. Really resonated with me. And here's how the article starts. Quote, Typing like crazy, inspiration flowing through my fingers, brilliant ideas coming. This is going to be the best blog I have ever written. Floating with the muses, typing 100 miles an hour. I have it, that final thought, reaching those last amazing words to make my whole idea hit home in a powerful way. Reaching, reaching, almost have it. Then, Jill, where's the sunscreen? I can't find it. If I ignore his question, maybe I can stay in the flow for two more lines. Jill, where's the sunscreen? And bam, it's over. Inspiration loss, back to earth for sunscreen. And I am pissed at my husband for interrupting creative genius at work. Okay, maybe not genius, but it might've been, we'll never know, will we? End quote. She then asks, ever have a similar experience where someone interrupted you while you were in the flow? Why, yes, Jill, I have. Thanks for asking. It really got me thinking about flow theory. So I dusted off a couple books on my shelf. Flow, the Psychology of Optimal Experience and Creativity, Flow and the Psychology of Discovery and Invention by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Csikszentmihalyi is the Hungarian-American psychologist recognized for naming the psychological concept of flow, this highly focused mental state conducive to creativity and high productivity. In positive psychology, a flow state also known as being in the zone, is the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment in the process of the activity. The essence of flow is the removal of the interference of the thinking mind. And we've seen this with athletes or musicians when they're in the zone, lost in the work, not consciously thinking about the chords they're playing or the pass they're making. This absorption in the task, it's an absence of self. As positive psychologist Martin Seligman puts it, quote, consciousness and emotions are there to correct your trajectory. When what you're doing is seamlessly perfect, you don't need them, and just total immersion. If they ask, how can I pass the ball? It would interrupt the flow. If they thought, what is that next chord? 
it would probably interrupt the flow. This absorption in the task, it's an absence of self at work and at home to transcend barriers and create that life of joy, happiness, and purpose. How we have all of this multitasking, and it begs the question, how does all this multitasking women have to do to get it all done, to quote, have it all, fit into this conversation? Multitasking is the simultaneous performance of several tasks or the rapid alternation between them, which allows a lot of us to squeeze in more tasks and get more things done with the limited amount of time we have. And we're constantly trying to gain time by multitasking, doing more activities at once to fit everything into our lives. But is all of this multitasking the enemy of flow, maybe even the enemy of our joy and happiness? And happiness is interesting, right? A lot of people say that the purpose of life is to be happy. I'm not so sure. I would argue that maybe the purpose of life is to find purpose in life. So the relationship between happiness, joy, and what we produce, how we contribute in this life, our purpose is really interesting as it relates to our happiness and joy. And happiness is where Csikszentmihalyi's story begins. It's an interesting one. He became a happiness researcher because of the adversity he faced growing up as a child during World War II. He was even held for a time in an Italian prison camp. And he witnessed the pain and suffering of the people around him during the time, and even the difficulty getting past it after. As a result, he developed this curiosity about happiness and contentment. And Csikszentmihalyi observed that many people were unable to find contentment after their jobs, homes, and security were lost during the war, which in turn led him to the United States to pursue an education in psychology. Essentially, he wanted to study the causes of happiness. He discovered through his research that people find genuine satisfaction and joy even during a state of consciousness he called flow. In this state, people are completely absorbed in an activity, especially activities which involve their creative abilities. And during this optimal experience, he found that people felt, quote, strong, alert, in effortless control, unselfconscious, and at the peak of their abilities, end quote. So the main thesis of Csikszentmihalyi's most popular book, Flow, The Psychology of Optimal Performance, is that happiness is not a fixed state, but can be developed as we learn to achieve flow in our lives. The key aspect of flow is control. In this flow-like state, we exercise control over the content of our consciousness rather than allowing ourselves to be passively determined by the external forces. He states flow is, quote, a state in which people are so involved in an activity that nothing else seems to matter. The experience is so enjoyable that people will continue to do it even at great cost for the sheer sake of doing it, end quote. And he goes on to say that the best moments of our lives are not passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments occur when a person's mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile. And so you can start to see how focus and skill, because he talks about doing something difficult and worthwhile, so that that focus and skill are key tenets of flow. Disruptions and interruptions hinder focus, and lack of focus hinders our flow state. So for women, those same barriers that create a broken pipeline to top-level leadership can be, on a day-to-day basis, creating barriers to reaching that flow state of optimal performance. 
As I've discussed in previous episodes, women are often the ones responsible for the multitude of seemingly invisible and underappreciated tasks that can feel constant and daunting. We are the sacrificers, the ones who are meant to put everyone else's needs first, which means we're often the go-to for every little thing. There can be this misconception that something just takes a minute or two, so it isn't a big deal, so you get interrupted. But it is a big deal because the seemingly small, innocuous interruptions too often interrupt our flow state or keep us from getting there to begin with. Where that optimal performance emerges, as well as the signature emotions of joy and elation that come after the flow state. And studies suggest that multitasking constitutes an important source of gender inequality, which can help explain research findings that mothers feel more burdened and stress than do fathers, even when they have relatively similar outside paid workloads. Feeling burdened and stress is a huge deviation from feeling the joy and elation that emerge from flow. So survey data indicate that women report multitasking more frequently than do men. In a national survey of parents, almost 70% of married mothers, but only around 40% of married fathers indicate that they multitask most of the time. And research shows percentages are substantially larger among dual earner couples, where both parents work 50 hours a week or more, with about 86% of women reporting that they're frequently multitasking. Of course, all mothers, but especially working mothers, report feeling that they need to multitask all the time, that it serves as a big time management strategy that allows them to deal with the double duty they experience being wage earners and primary caregivers. And of course, research on multitasking shows many negative effects from decreased positive feelings and increased stress, but also multitasking is associated with feeling guilty that we're not doing any of the things as well as we'd like to. And importantly, we're missing out on the joy and elation, not to mention the positive professional creative outcomes associated with flow state. And despite the odds not being in our favor to reach it, we have to interrupt this pattern and find the flow we need to achieve that optimal state. Easier said than done, right? Getting into that flow state where creative work thrives is so important for women to tap into, but it is also challenging for many women because as I've noted in this and other episodes, women are often so bogged down in the gender and equitable domains of domesticity and emotional labor, and it can be a real challenge to allow the space and opportunity for flow state. So part of what needs to be fixed is a big one. Despite similarities in total workloads by gender, the division of labor between men and women among dual earner families remains inequitable. And that needs to be addressed and talked about again and again. And I do talk about it again and again here because it has so many negative consequences for women's advancement. Although women's work hours in the labor market have greatly increased since the 50s, the data show that women still bear primary responsibility for familial care and housework and spend more time doing mental and emotional labor, the planning, scheduling, coordinating, managing events, activities, and other people's feelings. So we can see why scholars argue that mothers are substantially more likely than fathers to feel overwhelmed, overburdened with work and family responsibilities. They have too little time to attend to both. And it is important to understand how this affects our flow state and therefore our creative input, our joy. We need to create a more egalitarian work-home environment to start to create an environment conducive to flow. And Csikszentmihalyi identifies eight characteristics of flow. So the first is complete concentration on the task. And again, 
that can be really challenging for women, especially with interruptions and multitasking, you know, but you've got to get to that place of complete concentration on the task. Clarity of goals and the reward in mind for when it's accomplished. Transformation of time is important. There literally has to be this feeling of time doesn't even matter. I haven't even noticed. It's just getting away from me because I'm so immersed in the experience. And the experience needs to be intrinsically rewarding. It needs to feel effortless and you have to be totally at ease. And there's this balance between challenge and skills, right? You have to have a high level of skill to reach that flow state. Your actions and the awareness are merged. There's this kind of losing of self-consciousness, this rumination, and this feeling of control over the task. So if you look at all of those things, you can see how this disruption and too much to do and the second shift and all of these things can really be the enemy of being able to feel like, one, you can immerse yourself in the experience, but that in any way you have control over that task when oftentimes we don't feel like we have control over anything with so much going on. You're unlikely to achieve these characteristics of the flow experience if distractions and disruptions abound. You may be a rock star at multitasking, but there is a cost to your flow state. So first and foremost, we have to be purposeful, intentional, and committed to setting the necessary boundaries we need to cultivate this environment. It's a commitment to not check emails, to turn off notifications on your phone, to put that lock on your office door with a very real, do not disturb, I'm working message that is unwavering, guilt be damned. Flow is created by activities with a specific set of priorities, including that they are challenging and require skill. So obviously skill is part of your flow state. You must do something well and often to not have to think about it. Flow occurs when your skill level and the challenge at hand are equal and we get better. We build our skill by doing it over and over with consistency. So if you write or paint or conduct research or engage in a competitive sport, do it every day with intentionality and a commitment to not being interrupted. It has to be prioritized and it's a tough commitment that we have to really focus on and stand by. We have to give ourselves more opportunities to become immersed in that particular activity so that we can create more opportunities for the flow state. It's also about tapping into the right mindset. How can you cultivate a mindset for flow? Remember a few weeks back when we talked about self-care strategies, things like yoga, journaling, meditation? These things can help train you to be in the moment, which is a critical component of flow state. Csikszentmihalyi notes, quote, the similarities between yoga and flow are extremely strong. In fact, it makes sense to think of yoga as a very thoroughly planned flow activity. Both try to achieve a joyous, self-forgetful involvement through concentration, which in turn is made possible by a discipline of the body, end quote. Indeed, this may be why many warrior women report turning to yoga or meditation to achieve that deep flow-like state and hence a strong sense of inner control and harmony. Using the flow model to describe spiritual practices like yoga may help to explain why people who engage in such practices seem to be so happy and peaceful and in the moment. As Csikszentmihalyi notes, contrary to what we tend to assume, the normal state of mind is chaos. When we're left alone with no demands on attention, the basic order of the mind reveals itself. 
Entropy, which is the lack of order or the lack of predictability, is the normal state of consciousness, a condition that is neither useful nor enjoyable. So again, flow is overcoming this. It is intentional and practiced. It's cultivated, not bestowed. The flow experience can be an important precursor to the high levels of creativity and innovation, but also to more joy and elevation. And warriors, we all deserve that. Since COVID, there's been a lot of talk about how to rebuild and rebound from the negative consequences, how to see it potentially as a time to hit the reset button. The result of COVID was more working from home for both men and women. But research shows that the experience is very different for men and women. According to a McKinsey study, about 80% of men said that they have had a positive work from home experience during the pandemic compared with just 37% of women. This really shouldn't come as a surprise. During the pandemic, mothers have been twice as likely as fathers in a dual career couple to put in those extra hours, those second shift hours. Yale research also showed that even in cases where both parents work from home, women do more household and childcare work and that this was punctuated during COVID. Women may be more likely to work from home than men, but they also have a harder time doing so, reporting higher rates of stress, depression, and sheer hours worked. Day-to-day scheduling, schooling, as well as decisions about the family's health amid a global health crisis disproportionately fell to women. Here again, this is reflective of social constructs, which constantly tell us that we are the caregivers, the sacrificers, and the emotional laborers. And so we need to interrupt this pattern, reconsider the narrative, and flip the script. Challenge the status quo and make it clear with intentionality that cultivating our creativity, our optimal performance, our joy is a priority. And we have to say it over and over because we have to believe it ourselves. Cultivating our creativity, our optimal performance, our joy is a priority. Being creative, pursuing things of worth and value is enhanced by tapping into our flow state. So it must be prioritized. When we think about flow state, getting into the zone, we often think of musicians and athletes, yoga and meditation practitioners. But flow state is something that we can all tap into. It doesn't have to be elusive, but we do have to put ourselves into the conditions that positively impact flow. Interruptions and disruptions aside, Flow state can emerge differently for people, so we have to identify the times we personally experience it. What are those times you have been in that zone, and how do you work your way back to those experiences? For me, it's often while talking about something I'm passionate about with others who are also interested, passionate, and knowledgeable, connecting through the shared experiences of other ambitious warrior women. When I'm doing this, hours can go by and I won't even know where the time went, which is distinctly part of the flow state. You know, when you have to pull yourself away because you're enjoying it so much. For me, this kind of discussion creates a sense of ease. And I find myself thinking more symphonically, connecting dots and ideas in ways that I never had put them together before. So if flow is feeling elusive for you, you may want to consider the tried and true advice that resurfaces often on the Advancing Women podcast. Find your tribe, your warrior women, your people to help you ease into your flow state. You don't have to flow alone. There is some evidence in the research that in highly interdependent situations, people can serve as agents of flow for each other. In fact, a fellow colleague of mine from St. Bonaventure University, Dr. Charles Walker, 
conducted research and found that emotional contagion, which is a form of social contagion involving the spontaneous spread of emotions and related behaviors, can can lead to a flow state that can be even more joyful than solitary flow. So maybe start here. At best, you'll get into flow state. At worst, you'll enjoy the conversation and the inspiration. It's critical that we as women see the importance and potential of the flow state and that we commit to doing what it takes to find our flow mojo. So our big ideas, our breakthroughs, our creative genius, our worthwhile accomplishments can be cultivated. And so my manifest statement this week builds on this quote from Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, quote, The best moments in our lives are not the passive, receptive, relaxing times. The best moments usually occur if a person's body or mind is stretched to its limits in a voluntary effort to accomplish something difficult and worthwhile, end quote. It's not necessary to wait for lightning or your flow state to strike. If we understand the benefits and outcomes of flow and reinforce the habits and circumstances that can cultivate flow, we can continue to accomplish difficult and worthwhile things. For all you warriors listening who want to continue to transcend barriers and thrive, you won't want to miss next week's episode, so make sure to hit that subscribe button. For more resources, you can visit my website, www.advancingwomenpodcast.com and connect on Instagram at advancingwomenpodcast. I love getting your feedback and ideas on topics you'd like to hear me cover in more depth or new topics you'd like me to explore. So please email me at drdsimone at advancingwomenpodcast.com with your ideas and feedback. I just want to thank Joe Jacobs, the audio warrior who wrote the music for this podcast. It's totally badass and I love it. And a huge thanks to Heather Harris, the creative warrior who designed the Advancing Woman podcast logo. And thanks to all of you for joining me here today.